Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey everybody, it's Kenobi TV Talk, episode three. Okay, we, uh, man, what an episode. This is fantastic. A couple of things. First off, uh, you ever had that situation, and maybe you haven't, but you ever had that situation where your Uber driver pulls up and you notice like some of the bumper stickers kind of start making you a little nervous about who you're about to get in the car with? Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi had that situation. <laughs> oh man, okay, so... Uh, Obi-Wan and Leia still on the run out in the middle of the desert. Uh, loved that feeling, though. Loved the way they kind of captured that feeling of truly being on the run um, and just kind of having to take whatever help you can get. I mean, like, again, I I make the joke about the Uber driver, but I mean, there is kind of that that sense of like, you know, let me put my headphones on. Let me keep my head down. Let me just get to where I'm going. And hopefully this person doesn't engage me in, you know, a political discussion or whatever, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like just just get me to where I need to be. Man, that's kind of what I got from uh, from Obi Wan and and Leia. He handled it well, and we saw in that little exchange when he messed up and called her Leia, uh, and, and started talking about Padme. Uh, you know, like we we got to know her a little bit. I'm telling you, I'm I'm shocked by what this show is giving us. I had no clue that we were going to get you know just an exploration. For one thing, we had no clue we were going to get Leia. Had no clue we were going to get an exploration of you know, who she is and, and kind of what her backstory is. When we meet her in A New Hope, she's established, she's a rebel leader, she's, uh, you know, she's in an imperial prison, but she's chill. You know what, like, she, she's kind of handling everything and taking it all in stride. But here, as a child, we get a chance to explore some of, like, the more vulnerable aspects of who Leia is. The fact that she's like, when she asked Obi-Wan, are you my father? Man, my heart just sank. That was That was powerful. Uh, fantastic. I love that we're getting kind of this, this look into, to who she is, even at this, uh, if not, especially at this very early stage in life. Um, so that was great. We also get introduced to the concept of the path. Now the path, uh, interestingly enough, there is a book called the path, the Jedi path, uh, which is kind of like a, uh, like a pseudo force, not really a force Bible, but like a Jedi instruction manual, um, like not, not fully perhaps a holy book, but maybe like whatever, like a sub holy book is for the Jedi. Um, it was a, you know, it was a tie in product. You could buy it. I bought it. I've got it. It's in my bookshelf. Uh, it's a cool, it's a cool little book. It's got little notes from, uh, in, in kind of the, the, the margins. It has notes from Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Dooku and Yoda and, uh, even Emperor Palpatine, like the, the concept is maybe he had it and he scribbled some notes in there and that sort of thing. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a cool thing, but it's called the path. And so when they, when she referenced the path here, it seems like what they've done of they, they've taken that concept or, you know, the, the idea of the book or, or the lesson plan and turned it into this escape route. This is, you know, kind of like an underground railroad for Jedi to get to, I guess there's no, there's no safe place. That's the reality. There's no safe place in the galaxy for the Jedi. So it's about really kind of establishing new identities and trying to get them to some place where they can just live. I got a lot of feels from uh, uh, Bad Batch season one, where they're uh, they're trying to just fi- help other people find a way to get along in the galaxy, 
during this new regime, specifically the clone cut and his family. They're just they're just trying to get him. You know, he's got the face of a clone. Uh, he, he can't really go anywhere where he's not going to be recognized. They're just trying to get him to a place where he and his kids are going to be safe. And, you know, that's that's kind of the, the same kind of feel that I got here. All right. Uh, Vader, man, we're getting Vader quick. I thought that Vader was going to show up on the last episode or, or something like that and be kind of the big bad and whatnot. Uh, no, we we are getting Vader. We are getting Vader in this series. We are getting Vader throughout this series. I love like the intensity of of you know the way in which he's playing this cat and mouse game with Obi Wan Kenobi. You know, it's impossible not to think back to the last time we saw these two, but also ahead to the first time that we saw these two. You know what I mean? Like in terms of in A New Hope, the calmness of who Obi Wan is. If you even include how Rebels took a look at that Obi-Wan briefly when he's confronted with Maul. And, you know, I, I realize I'm talking about a lot of different Star Wars properties, not just this series. But you have to understand, this is all interconnected. This is a grand epic that involves Rebels. It involves Clone Wars. It, in, it probably involves Bad Batch. It, you know, it involves, you know, the prequels. Heavily, it involves the prequels. It involves the movies. It involves everything. And so, like, one of the things that I'm really appreciating about this series is how like it does reward you who have seen all of these different Star Wars properties in a, in a similar way, not not the same, but in a similar way to like you know the the Infinity War in game era of Marvel where they're not trying to hold your hand anymore. It's either you know or you don't know. And so while you can still probably watch this and not know who the Grand Inquisitor is and not know that there were Inquisitors and that sort of thing and and still kind of pick that up and enjoy it along the way. If, if you're watching this and you know, it's rewarding. Same thing with Cad Bane uh, from, uh, from Boba Fett. So anyway, all that to say, the way in which, you know, we see these two, uh, you know, you can't not think about Obi-Wan Kenobi as kind of that seasoned, he's at peace, you know, he's when, when Maul confronts him, he knocks him out quick and like, you know, it's just not even that big a deal. When he sees and rescue Luke, he's in like this stable calm place when he confronts vader for the final time he does so prepared to die prepared to sacrifice himself and really just to prepare to like look in the face of his failure and do so with kind of that calm stoic demeanor this is not that obi-wan this is the obi-wan that is like confronting his trauma head-on for the first time since it happened and like to some extent, that's true of Vader as well, right? Like, what does he do? He immediately lights the freaking desert on fire and drags him brutally through the coals so that he'll suffer the way that Vader suffered. We see that Vader is like, he's like, this isn't even it. This isn't even it. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to make you suffer. I think that's what Vader wants, is he just wants that suffering. So I'm really excited to see kind of these two continue to go at it for from this season and the way in which they explore this. The line that Obi-Wan in the future tells Vader, or, or rather that Vader tells Obi-Wan is when last we met, you know, uh, I was but the learner, now I am the master. And so I've got to imagine that Vader is going to have to be confronted in this series with the fact that he is not yet fully a Sith Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he is still... Maybe he's still pulled by the light. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe he, for whatever reason, hesitates when, when you know, a Sith Lord wouldn't or something of that nature. And so I feel like that line has to be addressed in this. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that with, uh, with where they take Vader. 
All right, the third sister, we get a more clear idea of what she's after. She wants to be the new Grand Inquisitor. And I've had some time. You know, the, the great thing about these minis is they're they're raw and immediate. In fact, this is probably the most immediate mini I've ever recorded before because literally I just got done watching the episode. But since having watched the first two episodes, I've had some time to think and process and, and consider you know, the, the Inquisitor. For one thing, it, I now know where it falls in the timeline. I think I was just kind of, it was so jarring that I, I couldn't even place everything. And so this is so much earlier than when we see the Grand Inquisitor in Rebels. And what I'm thinking that we what happens, because what we see in Rebels is the Grand Inquisitor dies, but then he also kind of pops up again as like a ghost. And I've got to think that maybe what we're going to get is an exploration of why that happens. Maybe what happens with the Grand Inquisitor is that Vader, maybe it's Palpatine, who knows, but someone is doing something with the Grand Inquisitor to try to like, you know, still do that exploration of conquering death, right? So maybe he's just the next, uh, you know, lab rat to some extent in that process. So I don't think that when we see him again, he's not going to be like all Vadered up. I don't think it's going to be a technology thing. I think what we're going to see is that they do revive him but they almost like like carve out a piece of his soul to some extent, like his force spirit or, or something. Um, the Grand Inquisitor is a very interesting character. He's, you know, for those not familiar with his backstory, he was a temple guard before uh, joining the, uh, you know, the, the winning side, so to speak. And so, you know, I, he's got ties to the Jedi Order. He's obviously got ties to the Sith. He was ruthless and brutal and scary and rebels. And then he pops up again in kind of this very different way, I guess is the only way to say it. And so I don't think we've seen the last of the grand inquisitor in this series. I think that we will see, you know, the, the brothers and the sisters squabbling over, you know, who's going to be in that chair. And ultimately it's, it's going to be him. He's going to come back and, and return and take it. So that's my theory. That's where I think we're going with this. I'm really excited for this. I, I'm, I'm telling you this episode was so good. It was so good. You know, with all the fantastic elements, it, it just, there were moments that felt so just very real. I still can't, man. Okay. All right, so one, one last thing, one last thing. And then, and then I'm shutting it down. Cause this is going too long. I the, 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 the moment in which Leia and Obi-Wan are talking about their parents and Obi-Wan talks about the fact that he was taken at such a young age. We never really get that kind of character exploration of Obi-Wan Kenobi or really any of the Jedi other than Anakin who were taken away from their family. And Obi-Wan was taken away at much younger of an age than uh, than Anakin was. And so, like, hearing him talk about his mom, like, his home, and then just the acceptance of, like, then, you know, then the Jedi became my new family. But, like, that's such a good human moment in, like, this grand fantastic narrative. And and, it, and the way in which he relates to Leia and that, I just, I thought that was so powerful. So, anyway, all that to say, fantastic episode. Love this series. Really excited to see where it's going. I need some coffee and some breakfast. It's really early when I'm recording this, so I'm going to do that right now. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, use the hashtag KenobiTVTalk on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the contact information at TVTalk.fm. Hey, if you want to uh, write something in you guys, uh, to, the, to the show, if you want it to be included in a mini or something, you just need to keep it super short. Uh, so appreciate uh, all feedback and all that kind of good stuff. But if you do want it on the show, maybe keep it to like a sentence or two. And, uh, and we'll see if we can, uh, yeah, add it here. All right, like I said, this went, this ran on longer than anticipated, but what can I say? It's Star Wars. We, we love us some Star Wars here at TV Talk. That's going to do it for us for today. Until next time, I'll be back in a flash. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.